Okay, good morning. Today's daf is daf Tzamas Tzari Dalet. Today's shoes for for Shlaim of Yitzchak Yehuda Ben Miriam and Chaya Chayka Bas Baba Michla. They have a complete and speedy recovery. Um, I'm going to go from the fifth last line of 93b Tzari Gimel Amud Beis. 93b. Um, the Gemara the, the Gemara asked a question earlier. We know. At the beginning of the parak, we said that a woman can get married, remarried, based on the testimony of one witness that her husband died. So the Gemara wants to know what happens if can she do yibum based on the testimony of one witness that her husband died, or that that her child died and then her husband died, or that that yeah that his child died and then her husband died. I see that she falls to Yibum. That's the Gemara's question. And it gave one version, and now it's going to give a second version, so we'll just focus on the second version. It says, oh, That's not such a good question. What can you get married? Can a woman do Yibum based on one, uh, um, based on the testimony of uh, one witness? Is not a good question. Because she herself is believed. As we learn in the Mishnah later on, he says, if a woman says, my husband died, I, a man and a woman, go overseas and she comes back by herself and she says, yeah, my husband died, we allow her to be to remarry. Meis Bali, if she says, my husband died, Tisya would allow her to do Yibum. So we see very clearly that um, she can remarry. So Kiti Boilach, no, what is, the, what is actually a good question? The Mishri, the to permit her to marry anyone else. I do we believe a single witness to allow a woman to exempt a woman from evil. This is my timer. Now my timer da Aid Echod. Why do we believe in Aid Echod to allow a woman to remarry? Because something that could be uncovered, a person's not likely to lie. I wear it something where if a person lies and he'll get away with it, there's more chance he'll lie. But here if he if he lies there's a good chance he'll be caught out because the person who has testified that they were dead will rock up. So there's a so there's automatically a hesitancy to um, to not lie. So maybe in this case also she won't lie. If someone testifies that her Yovam died or that her child died and then her husband died, whatever the exact case is, um, um Yeah, she says if she test if someone testifies that yeah your husband and child were uh, were away and we saw the child die first and or the husband die first and then the child and she's also exempt from yibum that's the second case how she gives um, so this case also she's unlikely to lie because um, sorry she won't lie because she'll be found out the. Uh, her husband or someone will come and testify. Otherwise, or the person who she testified dead will rock up. So maybe that's the, that's the one way of looking at it. Or on the other hand, perhaps time of the aid echod mishum de ihi daiko minzabo, b'hal loy daiko minzabo. The reason we allow her to get married based on one witness is because she's going to investigate herself. Remember, this was a prime reason on the whole heter to allow her to remarry, is that she's going to do the correct uh, investigation. 
<coughs> and um, and here by a yavam, she might not do the correct investigation. The misna who the sanyale because she hates him. And we always have this concern. We don't know her relationship with her brother-in-law. So in this context, maybe when she hears the good news that her well, the, the, I don't want to say the good news, but she heard the news that her her yavam died, or the news that her husband died first and then the child died so that she doesn't fall in Yibum, she's going to be way too keen to accept it as that's the reality because then she doesn't fall into Yibum into her brother-in-law who she despises. So that's the question. So again, on the one hand, she's less likely to lie or the aid is less likely to lie because it be, could, could be found out. The Yovam rocks up or something like that. Um, on the other hand, um, she's less likely to die to Minsafa. She's not going to check as carefully because she has no reason to. So Amalur Abshesh says, Well, look at our Mishnah. People testify to her that your husband died and then your son, your son died. So in that case, she wouldn't fall in Yibum. So when he says she got married, and then later on, two Aidim come and say, no, it was actually the other way around. I, yeah, initially we told you that you were testified that the husband died and then the son died. So you don't fall in Yibum. But actually what happened was, first the son died, and then the child died, and then the husband died. So you should have done Yibum. Now again, remember this mission is all in line with Rabbi Akiva, that that child... That, that, it, that it's a negative commandment for a woman who's uh, waiting to do Yibum to marry someone else. So the child, children of Abzerim. So he says, Tate says she has to get divorced. Vavlad, Rishon, Vachron, Mamzer. And children born from the earlier stage and the later stage are all Mamzerim. I had whatever point she had children with the second man, the children are Mamzerim. Now he wants to establish. So again, so what happened? <coughs> we can, pardon? There's no way back from being a mamzer. No. I mean, this is for generations, you said. Yeah, yeah. It's a tough. Uh, um, yeah, the Gomorrah, in the, I think, I don't remember if it's later in this Masechta or Kiddushin discusses is there a way to purify mamzer? But yeah, for all intents and purposes, it's forever. And the children of the children of the children of the children are mom's head. It's, it's very tough. And again, it would be a kiva stricter, even if it's uh, at least, um, I don't know if it's the right word, but at least by the Rabbonin, it's only if they transgress the Isukores, one of the actual arayos, incest or adultery. Whereas according to Rabbi Akiva, it's any negative commandment. You have here a woman who was supposed to do Yibum and she went and married someone else. Now that's a negative commandment, to not marry Yavim. According to Rabbi Akiva, the child's a mom's head. Yeah. Um, so now she has to get divorced and the child's a mamzer. So now the Gemara says, hey, Dami, what's the case? He's bringing his... Uh, pardon? Like, well, what do you mean, Magaya? No, what I'm saying is this, that a person who's not Jewish yeah. becomes Jewish. Yeah. can do it. Yeah. What can a mamzer do? Not, not really anything. As far as, I, as far as I know, nothing. We'll see. 
No, so that will be uh, that. What, what happens in the thousand Mashiach? What about Mamzerim? We don't know about. I mean, because often, uh, generally, an affair is what clandestine. You're not going to know that they had an affair. You're not going to know who the father. That. So, what happens? What will happen in the future? How will we know who Mamzerim or not? That's discussed in Kiddush. If, he, if he's dishonest, he can go to another city and. Uh, yeah, in Achinami, he could. And he could. Marry into a regular family. He's considered, 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 he's is that he didn't do anything, the child. It's, it's the parents. <laughs> it's his parents. And even the parents might not have done something. What do you do? Yeah. Oh, yeah, and based on the testimony. Yeah. This is what it's written on it. He's got to be absolutely 100% sure that he is a monster. If there's what? even a slight thing to say that he isn't there, don't just say he's not. Is it? Okay. Um, I mean, but Rabban and the Mamza might even be. More difficult, but that's uh, that's only Midrashon. Um, he might not know he's a mum. He might not know he's a mum. So yeah. That's and, the but here what? And here. The person adopts a child, you have to be sure that it's not a mum. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so I mean, we don't hold that a mom or a child from a non-Jew, but there are those opinions that do. Um, let's uh, let, let's just just one more point on this mom so, Yeah, so it is, it is harsh in our minds, and it is. I don't know. I don't know. Um, <laughs> the, I think the, this is. This mom, yeah, well, she she has she alleged, yeah. If someone's claiming that God uh, impregnated them, there's something very suspicious going on. But that's, uh, but yeah. I don't, look, I don't know. It's, it is a hard one in my mind. How um, I'm there, and there is no real way to uh, resolve it. Here again, here we say that it's a mom. The child's a mom. So we say she should have done proper research. She should not have got married. Again, sometimes again that's difficult because she did proper research and then her husband rocks up. The child's a monster, um, but that's uh, yeah, that's the reality. As I said, it's hard. I don't know. Says well, I'd, um, so so what happens? Says If you hold it, two witnesses told her that her husband, her Yovam died. That's what. Or, or sorry, two witnesses told her that her child died, uh, that her husband died first. So she, that's why she didn't do Yovam. And then two witnesses come and told her, no, it was the other way round. Your child died first, so you should have done Yibum. It says, why do you rely on the one set of witnesses versus the other set of witnesses? When you have a 2 verse 2, it remains a Sophic. It says, and further, Mamzer is Sophic Mamzer. Why are you saying the child's a Mamzer? The child's a Sophic Mamzer. Oh, because the case in the Mishnah is then they say it's the other way round, and subsequently your husband died, although the Yovam died. So first the uh, child died, so you should have done Yibum, and then the Yavam died. So that's, that's, that's a tricky case. <coughs> so the Chitaim, uh, maybe you'll say that the Mishnah wasn't precise. 
No, you can't say that because look how precise it is. In the later case in the Mishnah, the later case is if she remarried on the Aedus that her husband died, and then two Aedim came and said, when you married, when you did get remarried, your husband was actually still alive. We're looking at the dates on your Ksuba and stuff. When you did get remarried, your husband was still alive, but subsequently he died. So he says, Harisha Mamsa, Vaachranaino Mamsa, the children born before you had to your second marriage, before your husband died, or Mamsairim, and your children born after are not Mamsairim. But Shmamina, Dafka Khan, we see it's very precise. It's not discussing, it's, it's not just using, throwing the term of Mamsair around lightly. This Elalav, so you have to come along and say, Chad, it must have been one witness. Of a time of the And the reason that we don't believe it in this case is because two witnesses came and contradicted him. But if not for that, we would believe the single aid. Also, oh, we have a very we have an answer to our question. Remember, we started off with the question: Can you get remarried? Sorry, do yibum or avoid yibum based on the testimony of one witness? So yeah, the, the first question was, can you do Yibum? But the second is, can you get out of Yibum based on the testimony of one witness? And we brought the Mishnah, which says, if you have two witnesses come and testify that it was the other way around, i.e. that you should have done Yibum, imply, then, um, then she has to get divorced, implying that if not for those two witnesses, we would believe the single aid. So, Lo'olam, Trey... So, so, so therefore, so, so the mission is a good proof that you can do it based on one witness. So, the oil, um, trail, yes. Uh, if a mamzer is born, I imagine, I think the Bayes didn't do have records. I don't know exactly how it works, but I think the Bayes didn't do have records of people who they know are mamzerim. Yeah, they'll do whatever they can to say why well, the child's not a mum, but... Uh, yeah, but it's a fact that the child is a mum, is it recorded? Yeah, uh, the best thing will record it. This is one of the problems with these birth papers. Yeah, I don't know, I mean, I don't know, there's no, there's no uh, line in, uh, in the South African uh, government department for a mum's there on their birth certificate, but uh, the based in will keep a record. Oh. That's the so, problem with artificial insemination. Well, no, that's not such a problem. I mean, Moshe says it doesn't make a mum say. Okay. So actually, it was two witnesses. She got re- she did, this that she didn't do Yibum and married someone else was based on the testimony of two witnesses. And it's another two witnesses that came and testified, no, it happened the other way around. Your, your husband, your son died first and then your husband, so you should have done Yibum. Says, so it's all, oh, but as we asked, two, when it's two witnesses versus two witnesses, you end up with a sophic. You don't believe the second witnesses. No. The case here is with Ada Hazoma. It's not regular contradictory Adim, it's Adim that they, Adim that make them into Adim Zomamim. What are Adim Zomamim? So remember the case is you have two not false witnesses. If you, that's the wrong, um, that's, it's you, it confuses the issue. False witnesses, okay, somehow you prove two witnesses that they're lying. Um, these are witnesses who lie, but it's a very specific scenario where the second set of witnesses come along and they say, look, we don't know what happened. We're not judging the case. It could be that the husband died first. It could be that the child died first. We don't know. could be that Reuven killed. It could be that Reuven didn't. That's not what we're testifying. All we're testifying is that these two aid him. 
who say that they were in uh, Johannesburg on this date and they saw what happened, they were with us in Cape Town and on that date. So they could not have seen that happened. So that's when we believe the second set of witnesses over this first set. Okay, so that's Adam Zomim. So again, they're not that. And then the Torah tells us to believe the second set. So when the two witnesses say we were in Johannesburg and this is what we saw happened, and on uh, this on the 31st of May, and the other two Adam come along and say, look, uh, we don't know what happened to the case. They're not judging on the case, but we saw. Um, but you could not have testified regarding the 31st of May what happened in Johannesburg because you were with us in Cape Town, then we believe the second witnesses. So that's what happened here. That's why we believe the second set of witnesses over the first set of witnesses. <coughs> not going to go, go into the discussion, but there is one thing you have to answer. We're still watching being married based on. If we've chucked out the first witnesses that said, oh, your husband, and the, the first witnesses came along and said, your husband died and then your child and therefore you're free. And now these other two witnesses come and prove them. So where are we holding? We have no test we have no testimony regarding her husband and her child dying. So should she still not get divorced? Okay, that's the question and let's go on. Said to Ravashi, now he again is going to try and answer our question. Can a woman get out of Yibum based on the testimony of one witness? Some say it wasn't Ramadachai, it was Ravachai who said to Ravashi. A woman is not believed to say, this is uh, later on uh, in Amasechta, he says, My, my Yovam died so I can get remarried. The law, and she's also not believed to say, My sister died so I can marry her husband. Remember, your wife's sister is an Ariah. Is one of the arayos, is an error, as long as your, your, your wife's alive, even if you subsequently divorced her. Your wife's sister is one, but once your wife's, if one's wife dies, then the sister becomes mutar. So here, this woman comes along and says, I was with my sister and she died. So now I can marry her husband. In both those cases, again, the, the important one for us is my yovon died, so I can get remarried. I don't have to do yivu. She's not believed. Says now he nihi. He nihi the lo mehemna ho aidechod mehemen. We seem to make a deal that it's specifically this woman that's not believed, but maybe an aidechod we would believe. Why? She can't be believed because she's not capable of it. She doesn't want to marry her brother-in-law. Maybe in this case she she loves her sister. She wants to marry her sister's husband. She thinks she's wonderful, so we can't trust her. But if an aidechod comes, he's He's not Nogayabadofer. He's, he's objective. But wait, you're telling me that the deal is that she can't testify, but someone else can testify, then the later case in that mission doesn't make sense. It says, um, According to your understanding, a man is not believed to say, My brother died, so I can marry Duyibum to his wife. The law may say ishti so a man's also not believed to say that. I um, my wife died, so I can marry her sister. Says who knew This implies that he is not believed, but maybe you'd believe in Aid Echot. Again, he's Nogaya Bedovor. He's uh, sub- he's he has a vested interest. Now it makes sense by a woman why 
why? Uh, oh, so, so the, what's the problem here? We're suggesting that this man can get remarried based on the testimony of one witness. We only ever found this leniency that a woman can get remarried, that a person can get remarried based on one witness by a woman because we're concerned about Aguna, Aguna that she's going to be left chained. But, but a man we never say this. Again, so your duke in the ratio that it's she can't testify regarding having to fall to Yibum or marry her brother-in-law because she's because she's not Gabadovar, but an aid Echod would be believed, well then you're going to have to explain the safer, the same case, that he is not believed regarding the one to do Yibum or to marry his wife's sister because he's saying his wife has died. He is not believed, but an aid Echod is believed. You would never say that. Because again, this whole heter of believing one witness is specifically because to save a woman from being an Aguna. So that's a very important point to keep in mind as you go through the sugya. This whole leniency that we believe a single witness is only by a woman and it's because of saving an Aguna. Now Tosnos asks a very, an important question here. He says, but wait. This woman, she can marry all... What's the woman testifying where we're saying that we might believe, where we can believe a single witness? Is where she testifies, my sister died so I can marry her husband. Or the Yovom, what did she say? Uh, my, the Yovom died so I can marry anyone else. She's not an Aguna. She's not someone who can't marry anyone. She's got, she can marry everyone in the world except her wife's husband. Again, a woman claims... Ma has, or you get a single witness that claims her sister died so she can marry her sister's husband. She could, without her sister dying, she can go and marry anyone else. So, so the simple answer is, okay, uh, um, I don't, yeah, so I, I don't know the simple, but Tosso's come along and they expand the definition of Aguna quite amazingly. It's quite a, I think it's quite a novel point that, uh, Tosfus are here, they're saying, yeah, any time you limit who a woman can marry, you're making her an Aguna. That's a very expansive definition. That's, uh, um, so therefore you could believe Eid to allow her to get to marry the person she wants to in this case. And again, because what's her claim? Her claim is, there's no one as nice as my brother-in-law. No one's going to look after me as nice as my brother-in-law. So, you know, something like that. And she says, I'm not, no one else is going to marry me. You know, whatever her excuses, it makes her an aguna. Therefore, even you can rely on, a, on one witness to allow her to marry her brother-in-law. Which is, again, she wasn't an aguna. She could marry every, any, any man in the world, except any, whatever, Jewish man who's not a fossil, except for her brother-in-law. So that I thought, I thought that was quite an amazing novelty in Tosfos, how he expands the definition of Aguna to any time you limit a woman to who she can marry. So, but again, we're still stuck with this understanding of this Mishnah. We wanted to imply that she's not believed, but Eid Echod is believed. And there we see that she can get out of Yubum based on Eid Echod. But we said that that can't be the deal because it doesn't work when we come to discuss a man. So, Ella Ki Itzrich. So, what is that Mishnah actually coming to teach? <coughs> so, Rabbi Akiva Itzrich. It's necessary to teach us for Rabbi Akiva. You would say, maybe since Rabbi Akiva says that the children from this union, if she doesn't do Yibam and goes and marries someone else, 
where she was supposed to do Yibum, the children will be Mamzerim, because it's a negative commandment, and she's worried about her children being Mamzerim. Comes along and says, no, when do we rely, when do we say that a woman will, Daiko Minsaba, will properly investigate that we allow her to get remarried based on one witness, where it's the Kilkula Diday, her own Kilkul. But however, just regarding her descendants, she's not as particular. And therefore, we can't trust her in this case. Okay, so we're still struggling to look... Okay, so we have another explanation of that. Mishnah, we're still looking for a source. Can a woman get out of Yibum based on the testimony of one witness? Rama says we can learn that we can rely on Eid Echod by a Yavama from a Kalvachaymer. How much more? So he says, You permit her, based on the testimony of one witness, you permit her to an Isu Kores. She's an Aishas Ish, and you're saying she can marry someone else, based on the testimony of one witness. That's, if she's committing adultery, again, even though it's unintentionally, it's an Isu Kores. So obviously you won't get Kores, but it's, it's, it's a via Isu. But here, to allow her to get remarried based on Yivum, well, that's, uh, that's relatively minor. That's a negative commandment. So we should definitely allow her to get married based on one tes- testimony. So one of the students said to Rava, says he asked well, regarding herself, we can see, um, when she herself testifies that her husband died, we allow her to get remarried. When she herself testifies that her Yovam died, or similar such case, we don't allow her to go free. So we see that, no, you can't say that the granted Koris is more strict than the negative commandment. We see in this context, we're stricter by a negative commandment. Because if she testifies her Yovam died, we don't let her get remarried. But if she testifies her husband died, we let her get remarried. So we actually stricter by her husband. So you can't bring a proof from there. So, Eloi, my time, Elam Hemnev, the Kivin de Zimlim, the Sanyele, Eloi, Daiko, Minsipa, Eidechod. Well, and then again, and what's the reason we don't believe her herself to testify that her brother-in-law died and she's free from Yibum because maybe she hates him and therefore she's not going to look into the matter. Or sorry, or we don't believe in Eid Echo. We, yeah, she hates him and she's not going to look into it. As soon as she gets the slight, just that he's dead, she's going to go with that. It says, Eid Echot Nami, and well, so too with an Eid Echot. Kivain de Zimnin de Sanyalei, Lord Daikominspa, maybe she hates her brother-in-law. So she hears this testimony from an Eid Echot that her brother-in-law died and she's free from Yibum. She does a quick uh, whoop of joy and a dance. And she says, I'm free, I don't have to do Yibum. And she goes and remarries without doing the proper investigation because she hates him. So therefore, um, it's not a clear... Um, we still don't have a clear proof or a clear source. Can, um, can we rely... Can a woman rely on an Eid Echot to uh, get remarried? Interesting enough, here, yeah, not everyone, but the Rambam, Paskins... Like Rav, even though Rav was rejected, and Rav Sheshes, all these suggested answers, even though they've been refuted, that's how he paskins. So she could get to Yibum based on the get out of Yibum based on the testimony of one witness. Okay, let's do last line from the mission. Was there Midrash Dorish Rebbe Elazar ben Masya? Elazar ben Masya made the following drosha. The pasuk says. Um, Again, here was a case where a woman received a get. She was married, and she received a get from a second husband. Um, 
And Rabbi Lazar made the following Joshua. He says, she's still permitted to Kohanim. Why? Sorry, the case was they said your husband died and then she got remarried. And then her husband turned up. Sorry, she only did Kiddushin. She didn't get remarried. She's allowed to, so now she's never had beer with someone that's also to her. So she's allowed to go back to her first husband. And even if the second one gave her a get, she's not invalid. She can still marry a Kohen. And this is Rebbe Lazar. Oh, she has a get, and a woman who receives a get cannot marry a Kohen. So Rebbe Lazar made the following draw. She says, It says a woman who got divorced from her husband. But not from a man who's not a husband. I, this man that she married, well, yeah, this man that she married, again, she did Kiddush. She didn't get properly married, because then you run into trouble. Then she's a woman who committed adultery. She might not be allowed back to the Kohen, even though it was by mistake. Um, but again, this woman got divorced by someone who's not her husband. So that doesn't invalidate her to Kohanim. He's equating the case, which the Gemara is actually going to say, why is he teaching us such an obvious halacha? If you walk up to a woman in the street and you give her a get. The halacha doesn't make sense. Yeah. So if you give, well, no, just this, why he's bringing the process. The halacha makes sense that the get from the second husband no, doesn't work. Yeah. yeah. But why do you need a drosha to tell me that if a man walks up to a woman in the street, even if he thought he should, he thought he should be married to her, and he gives her a get, shouldn't count as a get. So that's what says. Omar Yehuda Amarat. Have a lady. Rebbe Lasa lemidrash bei bar genisa v'dorish bei chaspa. Rebbe Lasa could have made a brought a pearl out of this pasuk, and instead he just brings a shard. And he teaches us the most obvious halacha from this pasuk that a woman only if she's divorced from her husband. <coughs> Is she free? Um, does she not go to Kohanim? What's on my Maganisa? What was the better drosha, the pearl that he could have expounded to Tanya, as we learned in a Brisa? Isha Grusha Isha, woman who gets divorced from her husband. I feel alone is Grusha Elame Isha. Even if she only gets divorced from her husband, I'll explain that soon. Solomon Kohuna, she's invalid to Kohuna. Behind her Reach Haget, the possible Kohuna. And this is what we call a Reach Haget, which is invalid by Kohuna. I.e., no. If a husband gives his wife a get, saying you're divorced from me, but not permitted to any man, that's not a real get. That's basically an invalid get. Because the get has to sever her from her husband and permit her to other men. So this get doesn't count. And still, the she gets divorced from her husband, even in this get, which is not really effective, she is still married to her husband. She still becomes possible to Kohanim, and it's what's called the Rath get. It has the scent of the get. Since it is her husband who gave her the get, and he intended it to sever their bond, to the de- just not to the degree that she's permitted to anyone else, it's a Rath get, and she would be possible to Kohanim. So again, Rebelozor, yeah, he made a very weak drosha when he could have made a very strong um, drosha. Okay, let's go on to the next Mishnah. Um, this Mishnah is allowing a man to remarry. Yeah, sorry. No, so let's see this mission. He says, Mishal Khalishtula Medina Sayom, Uvolvo If a, a woman went someone's wife went overseas and she disappeared and they came and told her she died. Venoso Esachoisa and he married her sister. And afterwards her husband her, his wife rocks up. Muteri likes or not, she can return to him. We'll go into all the other cases, just an interesting question, because again, remember, 
a man is allowed to remarry more than one wife. However, his wife's sister, he can't remarry as long as she's alive. So that's what this testimony. Now again, as I pointed out earlier on on the page, when do we allow the test? When do we believe the testimony of an Eid to allow a woman to marry a man to save her from being an Akuna? But we would never allow this to matter a man to marry a woman. So someone who say that it must be the case of this is two witnesses testified that your wife died. Two witnesses testified his wife died, and then he remarried. And now he's, he married her sister, and now his wife rocks up. So that's the case. Just interesting, what about, this is all very well back in the day when a man could marry multiple wives. So he's not sure whether his wife's gone missing or not. He's not sure whether she's dead or not. So fine, he can't marry his, his sister, but he can marry someone else. He can still get married. But what about nowadays, subsequent to the Takon of Rabbeinu Gershom, that a man is not allowed to marry two wives? Do we go lenient and allow a man to remarry based on the testimony of one witness? That's uh, a discussion in the Foskim. Just, I'm just putting the question out there. I'm not about to go into it now. Well, so, so I mean, it was, uh, it was particularly... Yeah, it was particularly... Well, really? is it? That's, that's interesting. That's interesting because I'm saying uh, only those communities which were under the jurisdiction of Rabbi Gershom have to accept his takon, and that was basically the Ashkenazi community. So the Ashkenazi community is very, very broadly, basically all Ashkenazi communities, and that's why we take it, treat it so seriously, accept Rabbi Gershom. I think even certain Spiri communities, but not all. And therefore, strictly speaking, there's no takona, at least from Rabbeinu Gershom, against Spardim marrying Spardim or Taimanim or any other um, sects of Jews marrying two wives. It would specifically be... I have heard that more recently that Rabbanut also put... Uh, I don't know how strong their power is, saying you can look into that. Do they have uh, the rights to do this and the power to do this? But they put a ban on polygamy even for Spardim. Okay, Michelle, so you in, this, in this case, she, uh, she returned to him when he was permitted to marry her, so he, yeah. then he's married to two sisters. No, so obviously, because his second marriage, and this is the important point, his second marriage is not a marriage. Because he was married to his wife, remember what happens if you try to kiddush into one of the arayas, it doesn't take effect. Yeah. So he was married to the wife. Since she was alive, he was never not married to her. And therefore, when he comes and does kiddushin to the sister, it's not a real kiddushin. So it's as if he was never married to the sister. And so he, yeah, he can go back to his first wife because he was never married to the sister. Yeah, the first wife's a valid marriage, and he stayed married. No, the, the first wife. Remember, he's married. No, it's not, he's not married. He's not married. She, she's free. <laughs> it's almost as if he had an affair with her. That's the equivalent. It's as if he had an affair with his wife's sister. Now that, granted, that's Osu, That's one of the arayos. It doesn't invalidate his current wife from remaining married. That's the, that, that's the, that's what's at play here. Again, it was my mistake because he, re he married her based on the witness or the testimony of two witnesses. So obviously he's not going to be held accountable for it um, to the same degree. 
but um, but it's it's not a valid marriage, and therefore it's it's um, this woman's the sister goes married free, and his first wife he returns to her. He's also permitted to the relatives of the second one. I the daughter. Generally, you can't marry your wife's daughter, but this sister was never his wife because he was always married to her sister, his first wife. So he could then go and marry her daughter. Yeah. And the second woman is also mutar to his relatives. Generally, again, a, a man's wife becomes forbidden to his father, his brothers, his sons. But since she was never married to him, they would all be permitted to her. And if the first, the first one dies, his first wife dies, then he's allowed to marry the second one, the sister. Again, this is, yeah. It says, If they told him your wife died and then he married his sister, and then they said, oh, you know what, when you got remarried, she was actually alive, but subsequently she's died. Avlad Mamzer, the children who were born at first, I, when he was actually still married to his first wife, and now he had children with his wife's sister, their Mamzerim, Mamzerim, but the child born after his wife actually died, would not be a mamzer. Rabbi Yossi Oimer, Rabbi Yossi says, Kol she poisel al yedeh acherim, poisel al yedeh atmo, v'chol she ain poisel al yedeh acherim, ain't poisel al yedeh atmo. Rabbi Yossi says, anyone who's invalid or disqualifies others would disqualify to himself, and anyone who does not validate for others or through others would not disqualify for himself. What Rabbi Yossi <coughs> will discuss when the Gemara analyzes his statement. Let's leave Rabbi Yossi now. So now the Gemara points out, she says, Even if his wife and his brother-in-law go overseas. He then married, and then obviously they testified that they died. He then married his sister-in-law. I know, now he's relying on two hectares. So again, you had a, a man married to a woman, and his brother was married to her sister. Now his, his wife... And his brother, sorry, not not his his his, yeah, his wife and his brother-in-law, either not not, not not it's not that two brothers were married to these sisters. It's you have um, two men married to sisters. They're not related. So again, so he's related to his wife's sister's husband is who we discuss in the Giso. So his wife and his brother-in-law went overseas. And then they testified that they died. So he remarried his wife's sister, who's also relying on testimony that she can remarry. Then he's marrying his wife's sister, so he needs the testimony to remarry her. And she's relying on the testimony that her brother, that her husband, his brother-in-law died, so she can get remarried. So he says, so that's the case. Says now, and then they rock up. His wife and his brother-in-law, I, his new wife, his wife's sister's brother-in-law, Raka. Says the honey, honey nisuin kamaisa. Sorry, a honey, honey nisuin. This marriage, the second marriage, does have an effect. The kamistera aishes gisa gisa that the wife of his brother-in-law becomes forbidden to his brother-in-law. Again, as we saw in the first mission of the parak, if a woman gets remarried based on testimony. 
of one witness and her husband rocks up, she's forbidden to her husband. So that's what happened here. She remarried her, she got remarried, and then her, the Giso, uh, the guy's brother-in-law, rocked up by uh, his wife's, his new wife's husband. He says, now, Afilo Hachi, even though Aisha's Giso Asiro, she's also to her husband, Ishto Sharia, his wife is permitted. And we saw in our Mishnah, his wife who gets, if he marries his wife's sister based on testimony, and then it turns out that his wife is actually allowed, he's allowed back to his wife. So very interestingly, in this one case, we have, again, he marries his wife's sister, and we have, she then turns out that she's not allowed to go back to her husband, because she got remarried without proper investigation, and it turns out her husband's alive. And he is allowed to go back to his wife, because as we saw in our mission, a man who marries his wife's sister, and then it turns out his wife is actually alive, can go back to his wife. It says, The second marriage, yeah. But now what happens if she's pregnant? Then the child will be a mumsay. Yeah. Again, because he, mar- he married his wife's sister. So as long so as he... has he, to leave her then. Yeah, the second wife he has to leave. It's his yeah, wife's sister. Again, even though when he, he, when he got married... He, he did not know that his wife was alive. He thought his wife was dead. That's why he married his sister. Her sister, sorry, her sister. But in reality, the wife is still alive, so his marriage to her is intact. And therefore, the second marriage to the wife's sister is, is not a real marriage. As I said at the beginning, for all intents and purposes, it's like he had an affair with her. It's not a marriage. Even then, they did uh, Yeah, they did everything. They did Kiddushin. They did it. They thought they were okay. They thought they were witnesses that his wife had died. But it turns out it was a mistake. So again, Hashem's not going to hold him accountable like he did it on purpose. But now what did make him in love with it? Well, well, then he has to sort out his emotions and decide. Uh, even if he divorces his wife, he can't marry the second wife. As long as his wife... Oh, he can't divorce no, his wife. He could, no, he could divorce his wife. Well, then that's no, a different he discussion. Can't, uh, uh, yeah. He can't marry her after he divorces no, his wife. Yeah. She only, it's, a, it's, a interesting, it's, it's one of the interesting arayas. Most of the arayas, once, they, once it's an error, it's forever. My sister forever. Mother-in-law is also, to, we're actually going to see Rabbi Kiva Ma'at argue, but mother-in-law is also forever. I, even if you divorce your wife, even if the wife dies, her daughter, her mother, your mother-in-law, etc. are always also. Aisha, her mother-in-law, her mother is still also. Yeah. If, if a woman dies, if one's wife dies, the mother-in-law is still also. Once an erva, always an erva. That's the general principle. Achos Isha, your wife's sister, is different. If the wife dies, then her sister becomes permitted. But if, if, as long as the wife is alive, even if they divorced, she's never permitted. She's not permitted. It's only after death. Okay, let's try, let's try and get a bit further. So it says, Lema... Sorry, so uh, where were we? Yeah, so we have this interesting contrast where he's allowed to go back to his first wife, but his current wife, the wife's sister, is not allowed to go back to her husband. 
Now he says, Leimaman is in the Loike Rabbi Akiva. Amishta does not seem in line with Rabbi Akiva. The Rabbi Akiva, Havilei Achos Grushasa. It's according to Rabbi Akiva, it's the wife of a woman he had to give a get to. To Tanya, as we learn in a Brisa, if a man marries Kol Arayos Sheomru or Kol Arayos Shebatari, if a man gets married to any one of the Arayos, Ain Shrichos Haimenu Get, he does not require Get. Chutz. Me Aishasish and Nisas I'll be based in except for Aishasish who gets remarried with the heter of Bazin I based on one witness. Okay, again. Any time a man again here this would be the keyboard. A man marries his sister, he marries his mother, he does Kiddushin, he does it according to every technicality perfectly. Um, his uh, mother in law, his aunt, any of these people he tries to marry, does perfect Kiddushin, they're not married. And then they grant they transgress one of the arayos, very severe, but they're not married, um, and they don't need a get, except for the one case, and that's the case at the beginning of the peric, a married woman who gets remarried based on a second witness, but based on a single witness, I alpi based it. She does need a get, as we said, that's one of the penalties. Tosos the reason, and it, it runs through the sukya. The reason is because we're concerned people will say. She got divorced from her, from her first husband. That's why he remarried her. They won't necessarily put two and two together and say she got remarried based on the testimony of, of, of one witness. They'll think she got remarried because she was divorced from her first husband. Therefore, they make him give her get <coughs> to this second wife. To, so they make him give a get. She has to get a get from her second husband, even though, again, they're not really married because her first husband's a married woman who does Kiddushin. You can go up to a married woman and do the perfect Kiddushin with the correct ring and the correct Messiah Kiddush, every re- meeting every single requirement. But since she's a married woman, a Kiddushin does not take effect. Nevertheless, they still said, Midrabon, and she has to get a get. Okay, very good. Does it make a difference if there was two witnesses? So as we said, if it's one witness, then she's not allowed back to her first husband and she gets about 16 penalties. If it was two witnesses, then she's allowed back to her husband and she doesn't get all the penalties. But that, that's more to do with, was, is she considered negligent or is she considered out of her control? You know, believing two witnesses is like out of her control to say she made a mistake. Yeah. So therefore we allow her to go back. But again, the second marriage is not a marriage and any children from that second marriage are mamzerim. So it's still, uh, it's still severe. Um, okay, it says, Rabbi Kiva Moisef of Aishas Achba Achosisha. Rabbi Kiva adds also his brother's wife. Ah, if she did Yibum thinking that, his, that the brother died. I am sorry, I'm, yeah. a man did Yibum thinking his brother's died, and then it turns out that his brother is still alive, he has to give her a get. But Achos Isha, and then it's our case, if a man got married to his wife's sister thinking his wife died and his wife rocks up. And now we see that in this case, Rabbi Kiva requires a get, and then she would become also to him because of Achos Grushasa. If you gave a woman a get, you're still not allowed to marry her sister. So again, granted his first wife rocked up, according to Rabbi Kiva, he has to give his current wife, his wife's sister, a get, which would make his first wife the sister of a woman he divorced. So she shouldn't be allowed to marry. Granted, it's only Rabbanu, but he shouldn't. It says, Belavit Marala, Omer Rav Gidon, no, didn't Rav Gidon, Omer Bichir Bar Yosef, Omer Rav say regarding this, Hi, Aisha Sachya, what's the case of Aisha Sachya? Kegon She, 
Kidesh Achiv Esaisha. It's where the man only did Kiddushin. Okay, not Nisun Kiddushin. And then he heard his brother died. So he went and did Yibum. To Omri Inchi, people will say, No, how come I said Tanahavelabakidushin? They'll suspect that there was how could he marry his brother's wife? Not. They'll say it's not because of Yibum. It's because there was a condition on the Kiddushin. That's a very reasonable. A man will do condition on a Kiddushin on condition, and he'll give his wife a ring and say it's on condition that X is met. So when subsequently this guy went and did, married the person his brother had done Kiddushin to, people assume the Kiddushin never took effect if the condition wasn't met. Since Baha'i Shapinosib, and therefore he married well. And then again, similarly, Baha'i Achosi, Shanami, and so too this man who, did, who married his wife's sister, he says, Nami, hey, Dami, what was the case? Because the. He did kiddushin to his wife, and she went overseas. He heard she died. So he married her sister. To Omri Inchi, people will say, no, why is he marrying this sister? He had a condition on the kiddushin with the first wife. And therefore his marriage to the second one is a good marriage. So that's so again, what's the case that Rabbi Akiva requires a get? is when people will actually think that this second marriage is a good marriage. I buy Kiddushin. says, Elo, we'll see, let's just contrast, Elo Nisuin, Mikla Maimah, to know how many big Nisuin. But it's very unlikely that someone made a condition on Nisuin. Just to, before we go into it a little bit clearer, what's the, what's the difference? Why would someone make a condition on the Kiddushin and not a condition on Nisuin? So remember, Kiddushin is just basically a monetary transaction. It gives her something of value, gives her the ring, and says, Haram, look at Ashes Lee, and she agrees. So there's no, there's no real downside to making a condition. Here's a ring, on condition you come back from your trip. Here's a ring, on condition uh, you bring in a 500, uh, 5 million rand dowry. Here's a ring, here's Kiddushin, on condition X is met. There's no real come, uh, what's it? downside to doing that. However, Nisuyin is with beer. Nisuyin is uh, consummating the marriage. So that a man would never, if, if strictly speaking, he could do it on condition. But he's not going to do it on condition because then it will turn out that he was sleeping with a woman out of wedlock. So it's, it's, more, it's promiscuous almost to do it on Nisuyin. So a man would make a condition on Kiddushin, but he would very unlikely make a condition, a condition on the Nisuyin. So if a man did Kiddushin to a woman, and she went overseas, and then he married her sister. People will say, oh, why did he marry the sister? Because the first marriage was on condition, which wasn't met. So it was never a marriage, and that's why he married her sister. And therefore, it can say, since people will think, really, the reason he married her with whatever, um, us looking from the outside, no, really, the reason he married her was because he heard his wife died. But people think it's because the kiddushin to his first wife was never a good kiddushin. And that's why he married the sister, because he wasn't married to the, the first sister, so he can marry the second sister. And therefore he needs to give her a get, so people don't make that mistake that they didn't need a get. Um, but by Nisuyin, Rabbi Akiva will agree that no get is needed. So our Mishnah fits in with Rabbi Akiva. So the Gomorrah comes along and says, oh, okay, I was hoping to get further, we're now going to ask another question. If that's the case, then it's Rabbi Akiva, but we better stop here.